may the gods have mercy on your soul. The mind is the nobody. Welcome back, Cosmic Nobodies, to your favorite astrophysical radio show, This Side of the Milky Way. Some strange rumors are surfacing about experiments going on in the infamous Calder House. Let's check in on those derelicts, the Doom Patrol, and what perils might befall them. Well, Nate, here we are. We're talking about Doom Patrol today, our very first episode of Season 1. And quite a, a wait it has been. Fanfare. Can you call it a journey? Because I was going to say quite a journey it's been. I think it's been a journey um, for probably both of us because of our um, us stumbling upon Doom Patrol before mm-hmm. this show came into existence. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was. It, I think it's it's definitely been a journey for us because it was something that we dove into just as comic book fans, and then we get this as a prize, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's the ultimate feeling of becoming a fan, especially in the comic book universe, becoming a fan of something, and then, them, you know, when they make a big Hollywood movie or, or something along those lines, yeah. where it's just like, yeah, we get it, we got it, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what, what, we're, what we're talking about today, what we're going to be talking about for 14 more episodes, is, is the fact that uh this show exists and we get to talk about it and and there's so and m- gush over it gush over it we'll, we'll be doing some gushing for sure <laughs> but you know like there there are so many comic books out there in the in the existence of this dimension right there's so many comic books out there so many superheroes that exists and maybe comic books that don't even have superheroes in it. Like there's just graphic novels and stuff. And so like, there's so much to choose from out there in the void of it all. You're like forager. Yes. Like from young justice forager. Oh, is he in young justice? Dude. Like in the new season, yes. they brought him in. They're bringing in Dude, fourth world people. Wh- fourth. It's called. Have you it kn- is, no, I don't know. Oh. This is, I'm new. Man, Mark. Uh, we do a so, show about a DC universe show. That's on the app. And, and, and young, I've been telling you to watch it. Mark, I have access to the app. Yes, you do. Nathan's, um, we just watched Doom Patrol together. So. Together, but it's at your place with your app on your TV. I yes. have it at my house. Yes. In my living room that I hardly sit in. Yes. Because I'm a schlub. And all the comic books are there for Doom All Patrol. the comic books are in there. I've read them once or twice. I'm pretty sure Jeff Johns' Doomsday Clock is also on there now. Are you kidding? That's yeah, something? dude. They oh, put, man. They're like putting so... After Titans, they put so much stuff there. Guys, we're plugging this DC Universe app like it's our job to. <laughs> I promise you it's not. There's jokes in there all but over the we, place. But we love to talk about it. But anyways, yeah. It's like... Um, so we're going to be talking about Doom Patrol just... We have a podcast about it, just to talk about Doom Patrol. It's crazy. We've done episodes for our other shows just to talk about Doom Patrol because we needed filler episodes for some reason. So we talked about Doom Patrol, and, and like you brought them into my world, and I, I got to talk about it and like just fall in love with this this story, all the writers who have written stuff for them, and now we have a show to talk about. And so it's very fortunate 
of for us to have this show to begin with because like what I was saying like there's so many like the comic book adaptation industry that mm-hmm. whether it's a, a movie or a show the fact that people are saying hey let's throw money at a comic book to bring it into a live action format for audiences like who's asking for doom patrol i was just literally about to ask that same question i remember this was years ago maybe a few years ago when we went on someone else's podcast can't remember who it was but the question was if you could have you know if if you and i had the money in the studio and do all this what what would you bring in the thing and i remember our answer was where's the doom patrol yeah and i think one of the hosts of that other show was like man that was a that's a great answer why hasn't that been a thing and that was exactly. before I even read them, yeah, too. And exactly. It's why Doom Patrol? Who asked for it and who was like, that's the one we're going with? Yes. Maybe the conversation can be had with having Beast Boy in the Titan series and having his origin and just being on tied to it. But the idea of having Beast Boy in there and have his, his origin as the pilot episode has that longer thought process of, oh, well, the pilot of them, we're going to spend all this money on costuming sets and yada, yada, yada. They're going to have their own spinoff. What? Why? Where? And how much are we? Do we even know how much Gerard Way has any pull on this? Because I mean, he's doing the run of the new one, which is which brought it back into the spotlight for you know on Wednesday. Free comic, not free comic book, you know, comic book day, new comic day, new comic book day. <laughs> yeah, no, it it is. It's it's so bizarre, and even like like. With Titans, the live action show that now exists, I guess they were, I guess they were, Jeff Johns was like, okay, well, we have to have some sort of introduction for Beast Boy. And I guess he wanted to go the Doom Patrol route with Niles Calder. And, and I guess he, he loves Doom Patrol so much that he was like, hey, can we do this? Can we bring Doom Patrol in? And because it's like basically their network now that they Mm -hmm. were like, sure, let's do it. But they didn't have to. No. They didn't have to give them their own show. They could have just been like, eh, maybe just do the Niles Calder bit and, you know, nobody wants to see Doom Patrol. Yeah. But it's been nothing but success, in my opinion. And the popularity is so far up that now, like, even in Young Justice, there's Doom Patrol stuff in in season three of Young Justice because... At some point between season two of Young Justice and season three of Young Justice, Beast Boy left that team and did some side adventures with the Doom Patrol, oh, and then great. that universe of Doom Patrol died. Bummer. Like they complete, they, I think the Gene Bomb thing happened, and Beast Boy was the only one left, and so he has like PTSD about it because he also lost Barry Allen. The same thing. Um, Spoilers, Mark. You gotta watch the show. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, and so they did a Doom Patrol Go skit, like in the middle, mm-hmm. and it was it blew my mind because it's just the popularity of Doom Patrol is is. But wait, but what that that sentence doesn't make sense to me because I didn't think that they were popular, dude. All it's, so like we we did an episode where we went back and watched some of the animated shorts, and even back in Teen Titans animated the drama mm-hmm. series there was the doom patrol few episodes that they had mm-hmm. it seems like they've always been around it's sprinkled in the little mm-hmm. shorts and, and animation that we've seen maybe characters here and there i don't know if they've ever shown up in like uh bruce tim stuff i doubt it but uh, who mm-hmm. knows because i never paid attention to it 
was there that much of popularity that they were allowed to sprinkle them into the animated? It. My main question is, it seems like they came out of nowhere. Do you feel the same way? Exactly. And the popularity came out of nowhere, too. Like, the acceptance of it. It's like so many people... Are they accepted? For me, it still seems like it's a niche thing. Niche? 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 Niche, niche thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can go into... Maybe I can now because of the show, but I don't know if I can go into the comic book store and, you know, talk to the guy at the front and be like, hey, man, that latest... Are you digging this run on Doom Patrol? Because I don't know if they're paying attention to that. I don't know. It's not... It's it not seems, Batman 50, you know? It seems so bizarre that it's so universally praised. Like, I haven't seen any negativity at all so far about this. And, and like, I know we have this thing between you and I where I'm, like, really connected with the internet and, mm-hmm. and you lack... I get the runoff of what you send Yeah, me. you get yeah. The, the runoff of the internet. I, I'm, and, I'm okay with so the relationship. in the... Uh, "Quote unquote Twitter sphere," you know, like that whole. Do shit. they call it that? No. Oh, that's Ice what you Cube call said, it. Ice Cube said it once in Twenty One Jump Street, and I've always quoted it since. That's good. You yeah. need to stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Twitter sphere. And so, I I want to be controversial. I don't want to be. I'm. I'm. You don't want to be people, objective. I think Doom Patrol, this show, this live action show, is being more praised and accepted. Than the Titan show is, and and I think I think people love this show all throughout Twitter. If there's anything that Doom Patrol is doing, like mm-hmm. out on there, and it's like trending, like it is just full on praise for the this, the the look of it, the the jokes of it, the the craziness, how weird it is. Like this show is. A perfect blend of the Arnold Blake Doom Patrol, the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. People want to see the Gerard Way stuff. There's aspects to it in yeah. this. People want to see Casey come into the picture. People want to see, uh, you know, we were talking about like Dorothy and Jason and all that. Danny. Like, and, 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 and Danny Street. Flex, you know, Flex Mentality. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Can you just give me one episode now? I'm I mean, fine. I, <laughs> like, uh, we're going to get into more spoilers towards the later part of this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. when we get to talk about it but mr nobody is in it clearly because you know alan, he's a villain yeah. yeah alan tudyk is casted um but that means we get to see like nowhere get introduced uh johnny was talking about something earlier about scissors while i was eating and i was like wait a minute scissor men mm-hmm. and so like if the scissor men just show up I'm, wait she was talking not within the show she, she was, was just talking, talking about scissors in general i was in, eating in and she was talking about this anime where this girl's weapon is a giant pair of scissors that she can cut people nice and i was just like like a scissor man and she was like yeah she's crazy i was like does she say weird sentences mm-hmm. no she's no. not based okay. on scissor man but i was hoping and i was and it like i guess i was eating i just like food in my mouth just it's staring connected. i was staring at the wall going wait a minute this show could bring in scissor men mm-hmm. and like so much other things sleep oh, and, and so things. and so just still talking about just the fact that this show exists and the fact that there's popularity and there's and no one really is saying like no one is really against this everyone is so much for it and they're so into how weird it is it's it makes me happy that people are now starting to find out about Doom Patrol. And so a lot of times I am like trying to put the word out there that the books are are on the app. Like you've seen the show, you you own the app. Go read the books as well because now that all of Grant Morrison, all of Gerard Way's, all of 
uh, you know, Paul Kupperberg as well is on there. And, and is everything up there? It's it's almost like they're all all the Doom Patrol because they were just like, oh, we got to put it like just put, gotta, we own know. it, just yeah. put it all on there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol is on there, it's like I cannot stress this enough. If you love this show and you are so about how weird it is, like go read the source material because you will be like holy shit this is fucking awesome and mm-hmm. like as we get into more spoilers again like towards the later part of the episode there are like direct references to the grant morrison stuff in in this first episode even mm-hmm. and so yeah it's we're here nate we're talking about doom patrol and um yeah let's talk about it it's, this is the first episode um overall nate uh snap take you have any um Snap take, I thought it was great. Great. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm I'm hoping that it gets weirder. And yeah. I'm hoping, uh, I'm curious to see at what point is, am I, if I'm going to be like, okay, that's, <laughs> that that's not going to happen. But I'm curious to see at what point am I going to be like, oh, that's, that's weird. That mm-hmm. for, even for Doom Patrol. Like, all right, let's get it. I don't think it's going to happen though, because I'm honestly prepared for the craziest stuff. They have so much the stuff that just doesn't yeah, make sense. They have so much to pull from mm-hmm. and there's so many things like it's going to be, you know, looking forward, like it's going to be kind of interesting. Like, okay, well, are they going to go down like a plot? Like kind of like, um, Titans was like, okay, well we have this overarching plot with Raven and mm-hmm. stuff. Are we going to have an overarching plot with Mr. Nobody? Or are we going to try and do things like every three episodes, switch it up because, mm-hmm. They have a lot of ground to cover, and, you know, these shows might only be, like, you know, if we're lucky, it'll be, like, a seven-season show, but, you know, Mr. Nobody, we have to, at some point, talk about Brain, and Monsieur Mala have to Mm -hmm. show up. The Brain. The Brain. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The Brain, and... um, Mala. I mean, if Mr. Nobody's in it, maybe Brotherhood of Dada show up. Oh, my gosh. going into Crazy Jane Psyche, like, that would be... The underground, all kinds of stuff. Again, with the, you know, if Casey jumps in, then you have the, um, I forget what her dad's name is, but the ambulance. Was it? It's not it wasn't her father. The ambulance driver? The ambulance was somehow related to her, was it not? I don't think, I don't remember that. Okay. Maybe. You might be right, man. We might be, but anyways, there's so many things, there's so many things that we got to talk about. I'm not going to say you're wrong, because I don't remember. Let's start with, um... We'll start with something, oh, and it's going to start playing on us, but uh, what I wanted to talk about first was the intro itself, Um, and just, you know, this is probably the only time we'll talk about the intro, but um, this is something that Titans doesn't have, and so there's a lot of things that I think this show does better than Titans, um, which is why I was trying not to be controversial, but I think it's better. Um, Titans doesn't have an intro they have a soft opening and then Mm -hmm. they have like a title sequence Mm -hmm. with the heavy bass music and then it shows like the titans little crawl but this has a full-on um it has a full-on intro with kind of it's kind of like um someone said it's like very westworldy i don't know if you've ever seen westworld i've seen westworld okay um (laughs) yeah it is very westworldy it has like yeah it just has like this horror vibe to it and um like it's pretty damn cool to watch. Like it's, it's the right kind of horror elements. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's these, 
there's these beautiful moments that I would say it's it's almost like an art piece. Um, we have shots of like Crazy Jane as like a puzzle piece thing, mm-hmm. representing all the personas and stuff. And you see like uh, Rita Farr, who's like suffering from that that kind of like meta gene that she has, where she keeps on she can't control like her skin and, and like the stretching and all that elasticity, if you will. Elast- if you will um and then even shots of um negative man with like actually like like opening up and stuff like that like overall like the fact that we have like such a vivid intro to start the show out and to like to set the tone and stuff Mm -hmm. i'm glad we have this i'm glad they took the time to make this and um like i want titans when it comes back for season two like for it to get the same treatment like, I want them to be like, hey, let's, because Doom Patrol, like, we gave everything that we could into this show, I think Titans and, and even Swamp Thing need to, like, take, this is the new standard. This mm-hmm. even this is one episode is, like, the standard now um, for Titans to do just about anything, get weird with it, um, and same thing with Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, I expect to be like a straight up like horror show every single episode. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's fantastic. So, um, was there anything from the, from the intro that you wanted to point out? Any oh, little yeah, Easter yeah, eggs or anything? Yeah, there, like there are some cool things. Um, hold on. Let me, let me mute this real quick. Um, there's even things that like a- after watching the show, looking back at it, mm-hmm. like there are some things that like make more sense now. But one of the coolest things that I saw, um, besides the puzzle piece thing, which I understood as being the pers- different personas for crazy Jane. Um, but there's a collection of test tubes mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. I, I noticed that when it was actually playing out, I wanted to, to pause it and see if you could read any of the names. I saw Jane was right up in front, but I want to know if there are other metahumans that have been associated with doom patrol if they've been or if they're jane's personalities they are her personalities yeah because yeah, there's baby doll there yeah there's sylvia, sylvia mm-hmm. uh hammerhead penny pennyworth and i was hoping to see like a driver eight or something in there but like an eight crazy and there's crazy jane right there who's the other one uh i think her Crazy Jane's real name is Kate Chalice, wasn't it? Yes. That's a real that's her real name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um there was um there was there was like a dish that had like Rita Farr part mm-hmm. of her in it. And I was starting to wonder like can she can she break off and come back? Uh, I don't think so. Because she's like, there's part of her in yeah. in the in the serving dish, almost like she's eating ice cream or whatnot. But um, I don't think so. It's probably just used for imagery. Yeah, but then there's a there's a shot with a plane and it breaks apart, mm-hmm. but then it comes back together. Um, but I think we actually have to talk about the episode to talk about okay. the planes and stuff. But was there anything that you saw that was interesting? Besides, um, we saw a lot of the brain. Which yeah, is... I'm a big fan of Cliff Steele, so um, anything that kind of just shows that. Anything mm-hmm. that just shows off that is just really cool. Yeah. And there was like even like there were eyeballs spinning around. I wonder what the eyeballs Yeah, what are the eyeballs for? Not Cliff Steel. I don't think so. Rita Farr? 
I don't know. What happened to the eyeballs? Are they just they were well, just rolling around. Do I they think. just no? Like I'm talking about Farida Far. Oh, they, they probably just stay in. I mean, it shows at one point where her face kind of shows up in the blob form, and it's just all kind of together. Yeah, I feel like the eyes don't don't move anywhere. No, I don't think her organs really. I mean, I'm sure she can put herself back together. She does. Um, but, yeah, but I, I don't know about the eyes. That's uh that's puzzling me. Yeah, and there's. There's so much going on in this intro that I, I wonder if maybe there's stuff we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, is it one beautiful intro. Even the part with, like, Robot Man right there with his brain exposed, but, like, they're, like, welding it still. This is a This is a cool... And I think this one right here where it has, like, a red eye, but it's all, like... I think that was Robot Man's eye. Is that Robot Man's? I'm eye? assuming he has red eyes. Yeah, one of the characters that they like announced was going to be in the show is Cyborg, but he wasn't. Spoiler: oh. He's not in this episode yet. Yeah, so you could you think that could be like a cyborg thing? I totally forgot about that. To be completely yeah, honest yeah. with you, well, I think, and here's my theory moving forward: is that Cyborg is a liaison yeah. for Justice League. Yeah. I think after what happens in these first couple episodes, I think Cyborg is going to show up and be like, hey, the Justice League is here to like either deputize you or shut you down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's my theory moving forward. But um, it's a phenomenal intro for a show. I think it's fantastic. And I'm just glad that we have it. Like, there's so, Every time we come across something in the show um and it like blows us away and like we want to talk about it like the first thing i could always say is like thank you for making this show so Mm -hmm. we could talk about it um but the show is going to start in paraguay 1948 and we're going to have a little narrator here um who is very very perfect perfect in the sense that it's like we know who it is, like with only a couple sentences in. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's narrated to begin with is awesome. You like things narrated? Um, I like this narrated because one, it, it's the breaking of the fourth wall, which is what they do in Doom Patrol, subtly, and the surrealism aspect of it, where I it, it's it's telling me I'm watching a story. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's it's uh it's I don't I just enjoy narration. Yeah. The- I think one of the best decisions they made was to try to try to incorporate all of the greatest parts of every interpretation of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Like our core cast to begin with was Doom Patrol, Negative Man, and Rita Farr, which, like to me, will always say just because Rita Farr is in it, it's Arnold Blake Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. But they were like. No, we're putting Mr. Nobody in. Like, we're not just going to make it Arnold Blake Doom Patrol and make it, like, um, the weird misadventures of Fantastic Four. Like, to me, that's, like, kind of, like, Doom Patrol, Arnold Blake style. But pushing it to be more Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, to me, is, again, another gift where it's, like, thank you for not just sticking to like classic mm-hmm. golden age Doom Patrol. Thank you for like like giving the chance for it to get really weird. And they set it up so perfectly with that little thing where it's like, oh, what the world needs, more TV superheroes. 
like yes get metaphysical with it because that's like mm-hmm. what we love about the the grant morrison stuff so it's just fantastic um and yeah we're we're actually going to start with like a whole like mr nobody prequel which nate i think you have you brought the books here you brought hard copies of doom patrol with yeah you. i mean they're paperbacks one of them is a hardcover, but no, that's the Arnold right. Blake one. Hard copy, as in they're not digital. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're talking about Mr. Nobody, and, like... I, I don't, I don't, this, I don't recall any of this. Is this, like, all original origin or something that you think for this show? No, like... Was he... Is, is he not in that first volume? Yeah, he's in the first volume. Um, I don't remember if they talk about him... The and chamber origin and the chamber. brotherhood of nowhere where like there's there's this moment in that first volume I swear where they put him in that chamber or did they put someone else in that chamber Oh yeah the, I will, yeah this is totally it I just flipped to the page yeah, yeah. and and it, is it the brotherhood of nowhere that puts him in there Um I don't know but it definitely is in Paraguay Is it really yeah. Does it say 1948 I don't think so No I don't think it gives a year it says Paraguay. Um, but this is definitely the part where it is Mr. Nobody narrating his accident. I wonder, is any does any of it sound familiar from the episode? Because I wonder if it's... Well, I don't want to sit here and read with... No, 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 no. I just figure you scan it or something, but... Yeah, no, they, they start off in Paraguay, and they, and they bring him to this chamber. Um, and I remember it being like a... Like a sensory deprivation chamber. Similar to, um, do you ever watch Stranger Things, Nate? Yeah, uh, the first season. The first season. I only watched first season too. Um, and they do like this sensory deprivation thing, so they can like. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that one. What are you gonna say? You I, yeah, I found something I lit up because in Paraguay, mm-hmm. he has two colleagues. Who are the two colleagues, Mark? Monsieur Mola. And the brain. In that one? Yeah, man. They're in there? Yeah, just one panel. But it was just like, hey, I had two crazy colleagues. Once you're in my law, you know, and the brain. And... Wait a minute. Yada, yada, yada. Who was it? It doesn't give the date, but there is a uh, Nazi regime and a portrait of Hitler, so we are to assume that is it he is he already the, the brain in... Yeah. Does the brain have a name? Um... Is it this Nazi in this show, in this episode, this uh, pilot? I don't know. Um, he said he was going to go see a Nazi in this pilot. And so I'm wondering if that German Nazi, I'd have to run the tape Do back. they give you a name? Do they, they give him a name in the... In the, in the pilot? Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. No, not in the pilot. In this episode, do they give the doctor that, he, that Mr. Nobody um, walks up to? a good question um yeah i think he says his name he does say his name he says it twice because he corrects him because he asks him if he's uh something and he says no he's a cobbler uh stir i'm trying to pronounce it von fuchs is the um is the nazi and then what's his what what name does he correct him as does he say senor martinez but that's a that's the alias okay yeah no but he has it, a different name in the it's book. It's like Sturm von Führer von Fuchs or something. It's like a super like cl- 
cl- like corny classic yeah german Na- nazi, nazi name yeah von nazi. um yeah they call him von fuchs and so now i'm like wait a minute because the brain is german isn't he austrian or something probably yeah it's like yeah. it's like a world war ii type person but mm-hmm. it's like in a in a brain form very like nazi germany weird science type character um and so yeah now i'm starting to think and now i want to like look around the room because they have like this whole laboratory but they have animals and stuff and so it's like if only there was like a gorilla in there if there was like a gorilla in this lab then it would have been like wait a minute maybe there is like a a brain and monsieur mala bit happening in here but um yeah it's crazy that they even have this intro for mr nobody and the fact that they this whole pilot is doing like this whole deep dive for everyone's origin it's all really well done and so this is how we get mr nobody and nate what is um what's your overall uh, opinion about the way mr nobody looks in this because he does look pretty different from his uh i don't think it looks vastly different i think it it um it it captures the essence of what he actually looks like um it's hard to describe what he is over audio but it's just like random shapes um and yeah just random shapes on like a black uh, uh what do they call it homo sapien body human body that was going more species. Two legs, midsection, bipedal. two arms, bipedal species. Yeah, um, but he's like, he's he's like sep- he's got separations. It's got it's just like it's just little shapes that kind of make up the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they do it uh, good in the show because he is still he still has like the black thing. His partial of his face shows up because it is Alan Tudyk. You got to get screen time for him. Um, but yeah, they do you're right. give him yeah. like he's just pieces of a man. It's like a puzzle piece kind of thing, which is I think it was great. Yeah, the more yeah, as you say, like the more you say that, like I start to understand, like oh yeah, there has to be screen time for the actor himself because that's just, that's just how it works. That's showbiz, baby. But then there's also like it's a good. I think some people might say they prefer this over the. Uh, like the design of the character in the comic book, because to have that kind of character in, in this show, he'd almost have to be like a, like a walking 2d character. And that could be, that could have been really freaky to see. Um, that would have been like some Roger Rabbit type stuff. I would, that would have been really cool. That would have been freaky. I probably would have freaked. I would, I would <laughs> maybe, have been, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he'll like change and stuff. Yeah. He'll, he'll straight up like a link to the past get up all flat on corners <laughs> <laughs> just become a 2d character yeah, yeah you're right um i think my microphone is like progressively sunken lower. i think it is actually different. yeah right hey welcome back welcome Nate. back <laughs> keep that posture straight yeah, did you that back crack yeah. <laughs> they didn't hear it over there um but the the voice and the the script that they gave him is is nearly perfect do they ever introduce mr nobody in the gerard way ones no, um, I don't, I'm not current with that. Not current. Not current, so I don't know what's going on. Um, but he wasn't in the first volume. He wasn't, no. Uh, they were doing all that space meat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a Danny Land for, uh, they did Danny thing for a little bit. What did they do? Danny World. Danny, Danny World. No, it was Danny Land. Disneyland. Was it Danny Land? Mm-hmm. They yeah. They did Danny Land for a little bit. 
um, they talked about like Danny the town. I think in this one he's just a brick. Um, because uh, in Grant Morrison's, uh, it's weird because in that story, like Danny carries over from that whole gene bomb explosion. Yeah, uh, that's Danny, why he, Danny he grew is the same up one. So yeah, because yeah. he became, he was just, a, he was reduced to a brick that yeah. was just like the brick road, and then he grew into Danny land again. Yeah. He's Danny the street in, in, is Danny the street in volume one? Is he in that one? No, he's not in that one. When did they introduce him? Um, I'm pretty sure. He's in volume two of Grant, Gr- Grant Morrison. Yeah. And, and yeah, because it starts out like, oh, how's your day, Janet or whatever her name is, Carol. And, and that's, yeah. And that's where Flex Mentallo is like living. He's like going to see a show or something. Yeah. And then, yeah. in Gerard Way, he's like a full blown theme park mm-hmm. with Flex Mentallo in like in his prime. Um, yeah, we D- Danny of the Street definitely exists in in this universe because Titans dropped that bomb on us. So that's another thing where we're like, in the future, are you gonna like, are we gonna have to talk about Danny of the Street because that brings up the whole um, the Brotherhood of Nowhere, which gets into some crazier stuff. But um, yeah, the stuff with, with Mr. Nobody, I'm excited. I want to see more. I want to see the Brotherhood of Dada be introduced so we can see people like Sleepwalk and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. The Fog. The Fog. Frenzy. The Quiz. The Quiz. Yeah, these are all people in there. Um, so we're going to introduce who I think is still the the main protagonist, which is Cliff Steele. But they throw a curveball in this one. So it's, what, 1988. It's Cliff Steele in his prime and very different from, well, Titans was kind of rated R2. It was TV mature. But Doom Patrol is is straight up TV mature. Like, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to do, like, multiple sex bits Mm -hmm. in this show. Um, Get it out in the first episode. We get some... Fantastic screen time from Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and I've missed that man. Me too. Right? You know, it's what I wanted to bring it up. The humor of this show, this episode, mm-hmm. was great. There was nothing where I, there was no joke where I was just like, that was forced or that was just written in there. No, everything was good, and most of the time, the jokes were delivered by Brendan Fraser. The man is a comedian, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. Have you seen Bedazzled? Was it Bedazzled? I think it was Bedazzled. What is Bez- The one where he was with the devil. Monkey Bones? No. Oh. <laughs> George of the Jungle? <laughs> Does he have jokes in that one? George of the Jungle? Yeah. I, it's a comedy. I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know it's, if like, he it's like Tarzan jokes. Physical comedy. Yeah, physical comedy. Um, but he was... It, Strong performance from the man. I'm glad you brought up the jokes because I think we need to just have an just like have a conversation about the jokes, like as a whole. Like like you said, they are very much like the jokes that we see in Doom Patrol, where it is Cliff Steele like delivering those punchlines. Just because he is himself, he's like this like cynical person trapped in this robot shell, and so is Larry Trainer. Like they all have like these defeated jokes mm-hmm. that are so good and i think 
I think one of the funniest jokes that I heard in the episode that I actually laughed about was um, this really perfect wordplay where crazy, like they, spoiler alert, so they destroy this town by accident, right? And they're getting yelled at by Niles Calder and Crazy Jane said, it wasn't that bad. And then the reporter goes, oh, it was bad. Mm -hmm. Like it was... Bad doesn't even begin to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that is perfect comedy. That yeah. is that is some, like, even... That's some, like, Edgar Wright stuff from, like, Shaun of the Dead or mm -hmm. something. Like, that kind of wordplay is, is perfect. Um, but, yeah, so they do this whole uh, long origin story for Cliff Steele. Um, and so that's why I was starting to think, like, he's got to be... He's got to be the main protagonist of this all. Maybe just for maybe just for this episode. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think Crazy Jane is. You think Crazy Jane is? Diane. I can't. Guerrero. It's Guerrero. There's a Spanish inflection on it. I know there is, but I was trying to. Guerrero. I, was, I, can't I was trying to save you the trouble and yeah, say it as uh, American as possible. Guerrero. I can't even do it. Can't, can you call your mom? I can't. Mom, can you? <laughs> no, my mom will pronounce it in Spanish for you, but I was trying to say That's it what I want to say. As English, um, Guerrero. That's fine. We'll just stick with that. Okay. Um, I think she is the main character. One, she's top build. I noticed that when we were watching the opening credits. Yeah. Top build. Okay, you're right. Yes, um, that was the first thing we noticed. But it seems like they're pushing the Crazy Jane Robot Man relationship from Grant Morrison's. Yes, issues yes and i think that's going to be the driving force mm -hmm. it's cool because they introduced a lot of um parts of the dialogue crazy jane's been there before so she has a pre-existing rapport with larry and with rita but cliff is new so it's like hey let's uh you know meet and greet thing but also and there's a reason he hasn't met her yet yeah um we'll get to it's it's uh it's just cool to think that the two of them are finding similarities in them like they did in grant morrison's mm -hmm. like the opening issue i believe it was yeah um there's aspects that they draw from it what was great i was loving it but yeah i think she's the main protagonist i think it's going to mm -hmm. see no I don't, I, think... I don't i don't know i think they're all the main characters yeah. i think it's what they i think they're all the main characters it's a team-up show i don't think any one of them is like let's follow their story because then you got to think about cyborg coming in what is he going to do yeah, I, I think... Is he just going to give them missions? I don't know. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Um, it did say that Timothy Dalton was special guest, so he might not be re recurring, reoccurring uh, throughout the series. It might just be speckles of him here and there. Yeah, which is fine because he's such a, a big actor that I mm -hmm. understand that it, it's almost like um, starring with, with special... Um, Timothy Dalton. With special guest Bob Saget when they did Fuller House. I was trying to think of like in Star Wars where they were like, and also starring Samuel Jackson and Christopher Lee. You know when they did like, yeah. it was like that kind of thing where it was like, these are big time actors. Back in 1977 it was, and starring Alec Guinness and... Ian McDermott. Nope. Um, uh, Tark Tarkin. Uh, oh no. Yep. How bad. embarrassing. I feel, I feel bad. bad. <laughs> I feel bad that I forgot his It'll name. It'll just come to me. Peter, Peter Cushing's. Peter Cushing. 
We got there, Nate. We did it. We redeemed ourselves <laughs> so quick. I'm proud of ourselves. There's so much information whenever, people that comes into these little whenever tiny Whenever we brains. do podcasts, my brain like leaves my body. And every time we try to reference anything, it's like, nope, you're going to have to try harder than that. I'm really hoping the day doesn't come where someone actually brings up something I said in the past where I'm going to be like, <laughs> good luck, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what it is is that Cliff Steele is so much more uh of a depressing story yeah uh the, i mean they well, all are, i don't want to yeah i don't yeah, want to you're outweigh. right he is it, it is extremely depressing um he is especially from this episode we got the the sense that he was handed the shit end of the stick because mm-hmm. it was i mean we only really saw a, a good portion of his past so mm-hmm. we got you know Niles Calder being the asshole that he is to him specifically. Yeah. Um, we don't know, you know, what other dirty deeds he did to the other few people. Cliff Steele and Rita Farr were assholes in their past. I don't think Larry Trainer is that much of an asshole in his past and definitely not. No, but from in the time period that he's from, he was seen and his lifestyle was seen as monstrous. Mm-hmm. How upsetting. How upsetting. And I guess it doesn't, regardless of what your true sexuality is, maybe cheating is, is bad if uh, if you want to go that route. I don't see anything wrong with oh, that. Oh, I didn't even connect the two. I totally forgot he had a wife and kid. Yeah, he had a, he had yeah. a family. And But at the same time, it's like the social norms were forced upon you. I don't know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, like when it, when, what happens to Rita Farr, is like I guess some people would be like, oh, she was such a bitch in the beginning, and and same thing with Brandon Fraser's character. It's like you were such a bitch in the beginning, and then it's like, but not with Larry Trainer, and especially not with Kay Chalice, aka Crazy Jane, when they eventually talk about what happened to her. Like that is some like disgusting shit. That it's like I feel bad for you. You don't deserve that kind of shit. But then again, that's Doom Patrol. That's why we love it because... I wonder if they even will bring up the Kate Chalice part. They have that's to. dark. They have to. Why? Because they brought shit up for um, in Titans. They, had, they, they talked about all kinds of weird fucking shit in that. They all treated badly, man. Hmm. So, um, you remember the Hank and Don episode? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. That is the same goddamn thing. And so they will have to talk about it. But here's a hot take. I think they do the Cliff Steele origin better than they do than in the com- any comic book origin. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Like they completely threw a curveball at us. They like, like flesh out an origin. Yeah. I don't know if that was ever like a full story or if it was yeah. just pieces and it was like, oh, well, here it is. No, you get a full Cliff Steel origin, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, tell us about the difference because it like it starts off. The, the, the difference is just a. I don't know what that was. The difference is a car crash. Your bone fell out. Of your oh, yeah, that was the sound of a car crash. That was. Um, yeah, it's it's just a car crash. Um, I mean, he's a race car driver. Cliff was a race car driver. Rose cartoon fast. Uh, Primus. 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 Yeah. My name is Mud. <laughs> Jimmy was a race car driver. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was just he was a race car driver. Explosion. Brains out. Yeah, and this one does. That's it. And this one just. It not only fleshes it out, like they could have. Um, I think they do the same thing in Gerard Ways, but let me let, to not miscredit miscredit for the genius, the man, the myth himself. 
But do they talk about do they talk about in that one? I feel like Casey asked asked Larry Trainer at one point and, and Larry was like, Yeah, he big deal. Um So they like they talk about um like his wife and his kids and all that. And so like it becomes this whole like almost comical about this whole cheating thing, this whole adultery like how much of a shitty person he is. And so you think it's going to be this this race car that flips over and like pretty much like destroys him. And then they cut to um 7 years later, um which I feel like 7 is like a lucky number along with 52 when it comes to DC. Thinking like 7 is like the Justice League number for some reason. So they flash forward 7 years. And now he's becoming Robot Man, thanks to Niles Calder. And if they just did that, I feel like every person who's ever read Doom Patrol would have been like, yeah, that's how it goes. They did it. Mission accomplished. Um, And anyone who doesn't know about Doom Patrol who's watching it goes, okay, he was distracted. And he died in a race car, and he was a race car driver, so... And drove his car too fast. And drove his car too fast, and that's, that's how it happens. But then they're like, no, you actually survived that. And, like, this is, like, a huge spoiler alert, but he, he does die in a car crash, but, like, not this one. Not the race car car not crash. Not the race car... Yeah, and it is such a well-done move by the writers that this is why I think it's better than the original ways that they told a story, but it's like not only do they make it more um, tragic. Yeah. Like more pathos, more, more tragic Mm -hmm. to like the character, but it also worked for the other character who was Niles Calder, you know, like, like Niles Calder always starts as that guy who's kind of like Professor X, right? Like, this has always been, like, botched version of uh, Fantastic Four and and X-Men and all that. And so people who are watching this kind of thing go, okay, so it's like the mutant house from X-Men and, like, like that's Professor X, right? And they go, that's what you think at first. Mm-hmm. You think now as Calder is, like, this Helping. great... Yeah, like, this great guy who's like, oh... You've been given gifts. I'm here to help you and stuff like that. Um, And so we go through this whole thing of like Robot Man becoming used to his body. And he's like, okay, I'm good. And and then now Calder literally drops this bomb where he's like, oh, here's this answering machine Mm -hmm. that I've been holding on to. And um, like, why don't you you just give that a listen to? Mm -hmm. And, And the memories just come back. And we have to now live through this re- this reality that he dies in a car crash with the wife and the kid who, like, it's, I'm, I almost expected them to show more of the, of the carnage of it. Yeah. Just because of how mature it was. I was like, I was like, I, you expected some final destinations. I was like, I can't watch it if it happens. Logs through the windshield. Yeah. 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 It almost does. It like they do, they play it so close where you almost think like i'm about to see someone get beheaded mm-hmm. um and they yeah they kind of they kind of show it like just enough where it's like graphic enough but yeah they they all pretty much die in there and it's such a shitty move from niles caller to just be like 
all right, you're robot man now. Mm-hmm. And now you have no ties. Let anymore. me give you a false hope. Yeah. I don't even think Niles gave it to him. I think it was just, hey, you try to access your memories on your own, see what comes back, but I'm withheld I'm withholding the the truth from you. You try to figure it out on your own, but it's it's not it's not, you know, the the whole truth. Mm-hmm. It's it's Bad a move. It's Niles Calder. He's It's a good move. Yeah. It's a smart move. It's just it's he's it's crazy because the character as a whole in every every book, he's written as like the the Charlie of the Charlie's Angels. He's he's written as the leader, as this guy that knows all the answers, that knows what to do, but it's bad because it's almost as if the situations that the Doom Patrol finds himself in are unavoidable situations and that they have to deal with them. It's just, you know, it's Niles Calder's fault that he created them, you know? It's almost like uh, your actions have reactions where he kind of created this team of misfits and then the reaction is the crazy whack job stuff that happens in the world. They're the only people that can fix it or deal with it. He's got to be a very hard character to write. Mm -hmm. Because you're writing a character who has to come off as a hero, but also create your problems. Yeah. Like he, does, he, he creates do... his own problems. But for what? Like his entertainment? Cuz I don't I'm think, sure that's the argument. I don't think he does it by accident. I think I mean I'm, the argument's probably there cuz he does it cuz he can, probably cuz he's bored. And cuz he can, cuz he wants to push the envelope. Yeah, he wants yeah. he wants to see if oh, what will happen? Like, what could happen? Are they writing it as a character who and and because this is all kind of like 50s related and Cold War and stuff like that, is he self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy of like there's there's uh, there's crime out there, and so it exists now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's thinking there are enemies out there that the Doom Patrol needs to be a team to go fight, and it, and in his words saying that they manifest themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he is that guy who is just like. You're creating problems, not direct, indirectly, you're creating these problems, and that's why the Doom Patrol is going to keep on living this vicious cycle of, yeah. of getting into weird shit, because you're on this fucking manifesto that, that the world needs saving, mm-hmm. when there's already people who do that, like, quit fucking around with people's lives yeah. and making these experiments, and then and then acting like they're metahumans who, who are here to help, like, they didn't ask for that. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that, like, in, in the stories where the gene bomb exists, like, that is, the gene bomb is the end of it. Like, yeah. hey, Niles, you fucked up. You created your own problems and, you know, in reaction, created this team and these humans that can't stand their lives within themselves. Mm-hmm. Here, let me give you the tools to erase that gene bomb. What does Niles and Doom Patrol do? Stop it. Yeah, they like, try to stop, stop it, it where it's like that's that's not what you're supposed to do. You guys have been asking for a cure and for, you know, an answer to all this craziness and an endness, an endness, an end to all this madness. Here it is. Niles comes in and says, "Hey man, you got to stop that." Yeah. <laughs> Cuz then it's there's like, no, no more Doom Patrol. But yeah. It's like that's what we but want. Then, yeah, and then the cool thing about that, I don't know if it's just weird paradox with yeah. the whole reboot, but Gene Bomb goes off and then it creates a new world, but then that world in itself creates yeah. the metahumans. Weird, weird meta, weird metaphysical things happen within comic books. And it's cool to think that the, the Doom Patrol is aware of it 
and they don't get lost in the what's Lex Luthor's biggest robot gonna do this week? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's Doom Patrol is aware of its surreal aspect, and it's just a perpetual machine. Yeah, <laughs> it's the thing that just starts. Never, pro- it it never causes its own math problems. Equation. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, it's uh, and. No, I'm just trying to think like it's almost like uh for Watchmen fans out there. Like it's almost the same thing where they those those superheroes that were those vigilantes that were in Watchmen, they loved to fight crime, but they were creating their own problems. And and for those who wanted to stop crime, like it wasn't until Ozymandias was like, You wanna stop crime, this is how you do it. And they were like, that's not what we want. And he was like, that is what you want. That's what you've been asking for. <laughs> yeah. And so it wasn't until Dr. Manhattan was like, wait, that is what we want. And so that's what they had to do. And so it is one, like, it is one of those things where it's like, you guys are creating your own fucking problems. Well, specifically, now Calder is creating the problems that you guys now have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, it's such an interesting... I wonder if that's going to happen with the whole Mr. Nobody storyline, if he's going to address the fact that it's like, hey, man, you you did this. You did this to yourself. Yeah, well, like, the way the episode ends is this bit between Niles Calder and uh, Mr. Nobody. Um, and and they, they mention Paraguay, Paraguay again. And, and, and so he has to have some relation to all that. Um, and by the way, we totally skipped up that great line where he, he, Mr. Nobody was referring to himself when he was still Mr. Morden. And he was like, it was like, you could say I was a real, and you called the nobody bit coming mm-hmm. up. And like, we haven't even, I guess if you were new to it, you didn't know that the nobody part was coming, but like you caught on to that really quick. Oh yeah. And that was great. I assume it was cool. Cause they, you know, they started with the narration and then that immediately went into my mind of like, Oh, okay, cool. They're going to have a narration. This is mm-hmm. super meta. This is awesome. Yeah. As soon and, as he said, Oh, more TV superheroes. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what we want. <laughs> it's great. Um, uh, Rita Farr, Rita Farr's character, I think is, again, another thing that we haven't really seen before because, in Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, Rita Farr is not part of that. Mm-mm. I think he said he just thought it was too, like something that lived with Arnold Blake. And I don't remember, like maybe Rita Farr comes back later in the Grant Morrison run, but it wasn't um, like I've, I've never seen Rita Farr like this before. And so... Like, normally when I see Rita Farr in Doom Patrol, it is the Arnold Blake style. It is like, I'm Elastigirl. Like, mm-hmm. like let's do this. Um, I think the only weird one I ever saw was in The Brave and the Bold where she just let herself go. And she was, like, in retirement. And she yeah. was, like, overweight and whatnot. And that was it. But this is by far the weirdest Rita Farr I've ever seen. And I'm so glad that they made her weird enough to to be a part of this kind of Grant Morrison like esque type of Doom Patrol where she's literally a, a blob of skin and veins and stuff, and it it's fantastic because I didn't think you know I, when they first announced that Rita Farr was going to be part of this, I thought that they were just going to do the Arnold Blake type Doom Patrol, and I was nervous because I, I I was I was afraid that they were afraid to get 
Grant Morrison weird with it. So I'm stunned that they were able to bring her into that kind of weirdness and they make her like one of the most disgusting things in the show. And it's great. Um, I love the actress, love the performance. Um, I like that fifties vibe that she brings because mm-hmm. because it brings that Arnold Blake quality that people that some people I'm I'm sure there's some people who prefer the Arnold Blake Doom Patrol, um, but yeah, there's the the way they do Rita Farr is just the right amount of classic and then the right amount of really fucking weird. Like mm-hmm. um, I think she's even I, I don't think. And I think this might come across the wrong way, but in her in her flashbacks, like you almost think that she was um, like racist, like with like the filming on set. Like mm-hmm. at first, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, she's like a total fucking bitch or something for being like racist or something. But she, I guess, she's like a, a straight up perfectionist mm-hmm. is her problem, and so she's looking at the focus puller and a narcissist. A narcissist? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I guess you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is a. There's another joke there in this episode, um, but she's looking at the focus puller who only has one arm, and it freaks her the fuck out because it's a it's a body deformity, and that's the curse that she gets is, mm-hmm. is this whole this whole malfunction of her of her elasticity, if you will. Um, but yeah, there. There was that part later on in the episode where she was at the diner and she was like, no, don't tell me more about your father. Tell more about me. Yeah. And I'm glad you caught that because I didn't catch that at first. I was like, oh, shit. I mean, she thinks she's a big movie star. She was walking in the town like she was expecting everybody to notice her. Yeah. And what Superman exists. Batman exists. Wonder Woman exists. The world knows about superheroes. Mm-hmm. So when... People like Negative Man and Robot Man show up in the town. Are they just like, like yes, they get stared at because they look weird. But it's it, are people looking at them? Maybe, maybe they think they're just looking at them. And all right, these guys like to dress up like costumes, like a Superman or like a Batman or a Wonder Woman. Because mm-hmm. like when the cops show up later, they're not. The cops don't freak out about Robot Man. They're just like, okay. What the fuck are y'all up to? Yeah. It's fucking insane. Um, but yeah. Um, and then we have Larry Trainer, who I think without a doubt is 100% spot on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like the voice, the comedic timing, the mm-hmm. cynicism, um, the, the defeated personality. Um, there's so much that they do right with Negative Man. And again, with his, his, his little intro, where again, it's kind of like in the 50s and the 60s, um, we have like kind of like an Arnold Blake type like intro to him. We don't have Grant Morrison, Rebus, which I feel like some people, I guess, didn't like. I think it was the one thing they probably don't want to, to redo because he was a little too perfect in the Grant Morrison one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more of like... Um... Well, they were more of like a, like it was, it was, it was the entity. It wasn't about Larry Trainer. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be about Larry Trainer, um, like how they talk about uh, how. Is this more like Gerard Ways? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's cool because I think it has aspects of it. Because I mean, in Gerard ways, like he knows and he uses it to his advantage. It's weird because he has partial memory of before the reboot, so mm-hmm. he he knew that he was Larry Trainer. He knew that he was Negative Man, and he gets the negative energy back, and like he harnesses it now. Um, we only yeah, in we don't, we don't... Way, he was doing that like he needed people to get negative. Yeah, that's how he fed off of it. Um, he he fed off negative energy of people, but because uh, I think at that point he was like out of touch. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't feel the energy. What's going on? Maybe if I make some, it'll it'll reappear. Um, but it was a whole different different thing. This is like just space entity entity. Um, we don't get a lot of background on what happened. We just get that he says there's there's something else up here. Mm-hmm. It does some astronaut's wife thing to him, and then he comes crashing down. Did you ever see that movie? What is that? That's the astronaut's wife. That was with uh, Johnny Depp and Charlize what do you mean Theron. It, what do you mean it did some astronaut's wife thing to him? So in the movie, the astronaut's wife, Johnny Depp, is an astronaut, and he goes up into space, and pretty much the same thing happens. Goes through a cloud, some weird thing happens to him, he comes back, and he's a different person. Uh, but it's not like he gets... It's, uh, I is it a the, horror movie? Um, it's, it's a like a it's a thriller. thriller. It's a yeah, it's a suspense thriller. It's a Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> um, weird thing about that movie, I had to watch it in two parts. I think at one point I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this movie anymore. And like I came back to it. Um, but I, it's a uh, it's decent. The only line we get from Mister Nobody is he says uh, that there was a stowaway. He liked that. Yeah, yeah, same, it's, same. I think that's it's like it's exactly. almost like they they took lines of dialogue from Astronaut's Wife. Maybe the person who directed Astronaut's Wife was heavily <laughs> influenced by Larry Trainer of Doom Patrol and was like, hey, maybe that could be a movie. Maybe was it in the fifties and sixties? Uh, oh, no, it wasn't in the. No, I think it was present day. Yeah, Which it wasn't fifties was and sixties. It was it was present day. Yeah, it was in the nineties, two thousand one. Um, but it was like, like um futuristic spaceship like he came back down with an idea of a new ship model it was a weird spaceship, yeah it was something about there a was a weird plane, thing about will. like twins there was Basil. it was like two of them i don't know it was a weird psychological thriller movie johnny depp <laughs> um but yeah so like uh, we um we, that's how our, we get our larry trainer little intro do you like the Negative Man? The... I love Negative Man. Yeah, so much. They got Everything rid of the, the slit him. mouth thing. That oh they my did gosh! In yeah, and I, I, think I clapped. Was... I, yeah. I did a silent clap when I saw it when he talked, and I, I remember specifically saying that I was like, "Hey, if you do without the little mouth slit, I'm okay with just having the chin move. Yeah. That's fine." They do it. They do just. I that, wonder ladies if, and gentlemen. I wonder if he does have to have that, for, like, like I guess in continuity within the universe. Like, where he has to, like, okay, well, I need to eat, so I need to cut it and, like, eat and then rewrap it. And so I'm wondering if... I don't think so. Um, You think it was the show itself going, like, hey, we should have the mouth move like that. I think it was, yeah, it was, like, let's let's make the... Because it was still the pilot, Mm -hmm. talking about the Titans episode. It was still the pilot, and I think it was, like, let's spoon feed a little bit. It's weird that they called... This episode is called the pilot, but... Well, it's the pilot of the series. But that was, like, that was a true pilot. Like, that crossover episode was yeah. the pilot but this is the pilot they had two pilots <laughs> we got two pilots guys. That, that's weird of a show where they have two pilots um like the astronaut's wife but yeah they 
they nail the voice. I think we talked about this when we did the the Titans episode, but it's like a hollow sound that uh, the voice. It's a lot. It's, it's cool to think about because they do it uh, really well in all of the animated things mm-hmm. where Negative Man is, specifically in the shorts that they had. Didn't he have a little mouth slit in like the? Mm-mm. No, and none of them did he have a mouth slit. Nope. I think I'm just rehashing the same conversation we had. No, no, um, no, no. We never had that conversation no. about where the other ones had that. I feel like a cartoon had a mouth slit. No. It was always like a... Maybe it was the, the way the bandages were, were wrapped. It made it look like he was almost frowning. Now, that is good art direction, if that's true. Yeah, I think... I mean, I remember him having some sort of facial... Like, he was able to have facial expression or, or something because it was like the bandages. The were, bandages, like, made it look made like it look he had like a mouth. He was a frown. Yeah. That's... That is a good. That would be a good art move. I feel like in those five minute shorts, his he like actually had an open talking mouth, like a like a mummy man, like a mummy man. Yeah, that was a joke we heard in the show. That was a good one. Did they say something about a mummy? Yeah, something about like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, he said something about what? you have a cat. Like oh yeah, they bear, like, like do they have something with the mummy thing? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, That's it's good. when they it's when they first meet. I don't know. Did they bury? Did they bury your cat with you in sarcophagus or something? I'll find it. That's really cool. It's here. What somewhere. was his name in the in the mummy? Connor Con- O'Connor O'Connor O'Connor. That's the only part I remember. Um, O'Connor. What was I gonna say? Oh, oh yeah. Just like as far we talked about it in the Titans episode, but it was like, you know, you read these comic books and and you have an idea of what Larry Trainer sounds like. But it's crazy when you watch the show and then hear the voice that you hear in your head and mm-hmm. go, wow, they really nailed the voice of this character who never really had a voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like we hear and the same thing with um, Robot Man, where especially with Grant Morrison, I picture the voice that I hear in the show. Um, when I read when I read Gerard Way's, I, I kind of hear a different voice just because his you hear. Uh, I get what you mean. I hear more metal clunking like it's like a. Like it's a deeper metal, like a 1950s automaton. Automaton. Auto- he just sound like the Gerard Way Doom Patrol. Automaton. The Gerard Way Robot Man. He seems a lot more advanced. Does he? It, it kinda. It's just when I look at the Grant Morrison one. Um. I think the opposite. I think the robot man in Gerard Way is, I mean, like, the first thing, he breaks apart into a million yeah, pieces. Yeah, that's true. He does break apart. In Grant Morrison, it's like he's indestructible. Like the Disturbed song. Is that a Disturbed song? Indestructible? <laughs> yeah, it is. Can you sing it for me? No, I'm good. I don't know that much of Disturbed. Um, I'm trying to find the part where he makes a mummy joke, but it's in there. Um, but, yeah, the, like... It's it's crazy how the how well the the voices match up, um, and so one of the one of the great things that this show captures is just how much it sucks to be these people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly one of the things within the first issue of Doom Patrol when you gave me the book and 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 I had read the crawling from the wreckage arc of Grant Morrison. Um, I think I was going through like a, a depression at that time or something. Yeah. Um, Preaching the choir. Yeah. 
And so this is why that this book works so well is because a lot of people go through depression and normally with comic books and superheroes, they aspire you to not be depressed and to, to want to be like Superman mm-hmm. or Wonder Woman or even Batman who, who takes his, his tragedy and, and like goes and fights justice and, and feels better about himself where Doom Patrol is, is not that Doom Patrol is no, we have superpowers and we hate our fucking lives. Like it fucking sucks to be what we are. And that was the beauty of of Doom Patrol was was reading that and reading the forewords from Grant Morrison and and I think the artists, the 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 penciler of the of the book, where they talked about like, yo, it it sucks to be this, and and um, and and I think that's what what initially captures people about Doom Patrol. It's just how weird and wacky it is, right? Like, it's all this kind of psychedelic and acid trippy superhero stuff, and they're they have jokes and whatnot, and and all this um, wild adventure. But what keeps people is is when they start to relate in ways of of like you can't go back to the luxury life that you had before. Like things aren't going to get better. Like. It's, Everybody moved on. Yeah. And so there's these depressing moments and and heartache um, that happens in the show as well and with this pilot. And I don't want to see that go away as we move forward. Like, I don't want it to just be like, all right, we're just doing the origins and the origins are really sad and then we'll, we'll move on and just be jokes and all that. Like... I think what works so well is is they as even the villains will see awful also uh, also suffer, um, and that's one of the greatest excuse me one of the greatest things about it, and that honestly was the whole reason I fell in love with Doom Patrol when you gave it to me because I thought I was just going to be reading something that was wacky mm-hmm. and and wild and and trippy, um, but it was more than that. It was it was it was sad. It was depressing and and not they're just not going to be having a good time um but they have to suffer together and and um we have to watch that in this pilot when we see cliff Steele trying to walk and trying to like talk things out about how he used to like try to help his daughter walk up the stairs and and like larry trainer and rita Farr aren't supportive about anything they find him annoying they they've all been through this but like they could care less, um, and they just feel like they're in an asylum. Like for the rest of their life, they're locked up here, and so that's just one part about how depressing it is. Um, but then there's the next part, which is Cliff Steele succeeds. He is finally able to walk up the stairs, and it makes you feel so good inside because it's like, yes, he's he's remembering about the time where he helped his daughter up the stairs. And and then like as he succeeds, then now his calder is like, all right, well then here's here's where you got to find out about the truth about mm-hmm. what happened. And um, he it just like it shuts him down. It shuts him down for twenty plus years. Like what is it, two thousand nineteen? And 
from 2000, oh, what was it? Like, when did he start? Like 2007 to 1997? Was that 10 years? When did he, like, for like a solid 10 years, he stared out a window. Yeah. Right? You it was like that? eight years. Yeah, yeah eight years. He just year. stayed in one spot. Eight years, yeah. For eight years, he stood and stared out a window because he's a robot man and he can't feel, which is a reference to that first issue from Grant Morrison where he's in that um, mental health clinic or whatever, that rehab center. Mm -hmm. He starts breaking everything. Yeah, he starts breaking everything because he can't feel. He can't feel. He can't feel pain. No matter what he hits, he can't can't feel the pain of it. Um, Like... Just the fact that you can't feel like you are a brain trapped in basically an iron lung, a walking iron lung. And it's fucking sad that he, and so he's just like, well, I I can't go to sleep. So I guess I'll just stare out of the window for eight years and not move. Um, and, and, And then they're like, and then eventually he starts to find things that make him happy, which is just having a hobby of building cars and stuff like the old slot cars yeah you ever play with those yeah yeah i used to be terrible at them but i think over time as i thought about it i realized what i was doing wrong and you had to slow down when you make those turns yeah i didn't know it's an actual like it's a thing oh the racing yeah that and like i didn't know that like you you know people like are physical about it physics in it yeah like people get more into it they Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this car has a little bit more weight to it. I don't know. People get weird about those. Crazy, man. Not me. Not my kind of thing. (laughs) But, yeah, he gets into it. And and then um, that leads us to the introduction to our our newest character, who wasn't in the Titans one, which I was kind of... At first, I was like, oh, no, there's no Crazy Jane in this one. So it must be really, like, kind of Arnold Blake-ish. But... um, we do get to see Crazy Jane finally, and um, we get a couple personalities. For those who don't know, she has sixty-four personalities, each with their own uh, superpower, meta gene, whatever you want to call it. And she is definitely, to this day, my favorite um, member of the Doom Patrol. Uh, when I read her in the Grant Morrison book, but um, we're introduced to Crazy Jane. Um, I think. Sylvia is one of the first ones we meet, and then Hammerhead is one of the other ones. And then later on in the episode, we see uh, Sun Daddy, mm-hmm. which is like the giant Sun Singer one with the fireball head. Who doesn't? He didn't get to. She. It didn't get to do anything in this episode, but hopefully further on, I think they might be able to do some stuff with her. But mm-hmm. I, they, yeah, Sun Singer, uh, Sun Daddy was in the like final issue of that crawling from the wreckage one where they're fighting the scissor men and the, and the clock people and all that. But, um, they do this bit in the episode, which is a huge fucking callback to that first issue of Grant Morrison's Doom patrol. It is the scene that made me fall in love with Doom patrol I think I texted you about it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely fell in love with it because of this scene. And it is the scene between Robot Man 
and Crazy Jane were, or specifically the Hangman's daughter. That's another personality we see. It is, it is Robot Man and the Hangman, do- the Hangman's daughter. Um, she's painting out in the in in the yard this this magnificent surrealist painting. Um, and in the comic book, she says it's it's Maya Dern's like having like having an aneurysm or something. Um, and Maya Dern is a surrealist artist who heavily influenced Grant Morrison along with uh, two other very popular surrealist um, artists. And Maya Dern, uh, I think she uh, she directed this short film that Grant Morrison talks about. Um, and it's she's a fantastic artist. If you're looking for the people that influenced Grant Morrison uh, for his take on Doom Patrol, Maya Dern, you have to check out some of her work. It is it is absolutely amazing. But she said, um, Crazy Jane says something about like the painting is called like. Um, do you have it? Yeah, I was going to see if you remember. Maya Dern has a heart attack. or No, something? it's called the White Darkness. But um, what? It's supposed to be um, Maya Dern at the moment of her death. My um, oh. by possession. Oh yeah, because Maya Dern talks about having been possessed at some point mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah. What is it, the white darkness? Yeah, the white darkness. The white darkness. Yeah. In the in the comic book, it comes to life because I think that's um, the Hangman's daughter's um, like that's her superpower. Is that I don't think it's just because she's depressed, but I think like the paintings can come alive when she paints them. I have a I have a little. Um... Addendum, addendum, correction. We called her Kate Chalice. It's K Chalice. Were you saying K? I said K Chalice. K- oh, I was saying Kate. My apologies. It's okay. Anyway, I don't think anyone caught that. Derailed. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but um, yeah, she does have the the same dialogue when it starts to rain. Yes. Is, is in the she says it. What is it like um, to be normal and stuff like that? Um, what do normal people have in their lives? You know, like all that stuff. Cause that's when she switches to the hangman's daughter and mm-hmm. it's really depressed and all these things. And then it starts to rain and then it says, my painting's ruined. Everything, everything's gone wrong. They say that in the yeah, panel. For, oh yeah, my it's God. It's in the panel, man. It's so good. And I'm... Cliff says, come on in, come in on, come in. Oh my gosh. Come in out of the rain. It's so perfect. That is like by far my favorite scene. i I love that. I want a like a canvas painting of one of those panels. I I want a canvas painting of that painting of of this one where they're both staring at the oh at the my rain god! Door. I can't believe this is actually in the episode. Yeah, I like that is on page thirty two. I was the thinking, ma- one. I was thinking maybe they'd have the same conversation somewhere. You know, like mm-hmm. oh, like let's just like have the what's it like yeah. to be normal conversation? And no, like, I'm I'm waiting for the driver eight conversation. That's oh, my that's God. my crazy Jane. Like I want to see the driver eight persona. I want them to go into the underground. I mean, I she's dri- like she was driving a bus at one point. Like mm-hmm. I want her to get in a car and be like, yeah. Or what is the other one? I want to see Black Annis where she turns into like this. Oh, the crazy monster, the yeah. demon. That's scary, the man. The giant. Like fingernail claws, mm-hmm. like yeah, I want to see this. I want to see Crazy Jane do everything. I want to, I want like Clostil to get into the underground. I want to see everything about Crazy Jane. I want it. I want to see it. Um, but I am. I'm like. 
I'm like already done. I'm like already sold. I'm like they did the they did the scene. Man, I was sold back in the Titans episode. I know. <laughs> I I just like going back to that. We started this episode. Like I gotta be so thankful that this even exists because this scene. They did the, the the white darkness painting verbatim. Like she's out there painting the same exact painting, and there goes the book. But like, it's just it's incredible that they even did that scene almost verbatim. And I'm so happy that they did it because the I want that painting. I it's a fan, that was that is the scene in the book that made me fall in love with this because that was to me that was what the artists, you know, the writers and the pencilers and everyone who was like involved with this team to get this Doom Patrol to this whole new era. That was the scene where I was like, this is the message they're trying to send to the reader. And to me, it worked that, that to me is the selling point was that scene right there. And they, then they do it in this episode. Um, I think it might be better in the comic book. And, you know, like there's some things that this show does better than the books do, but that's one of those things where, to me, that is that is the golden moment in that book. And so, if you're out there listening, check out at least issue 19 uh, of Doom Patrol from the 80s and, and read that section because that's by far my favorite. Um, if you have the DC app, it's all on there. Yeah. Makes it easier for you. Give you some source material. Um, so, they, this is where we get into... Um, this part where Niles Calder has to leave. So basically we've done all our origin stories, all our intros, even the origin story for our bad guy. Um, but then they decide, Hey, we're actually going to play hooky and like go to like the town. And I don't know what the town is called. I don't know the town either. Um, I was hoping, I wonder if they said it in Titans. It's in Michigan, right? They call it like main street or something, but they, I was I was ex- I was almost hoping for them to go like like Danny Town like somehow the street mm-hmm. had went from Danny Street to Danny Town and like show that the street is like growing up, um, but we didn't get that, um, which is fine. But right here, I almost felt like I thought the episode was going to end because I thought that this was all just like here's the origin stories and, mm-hmm. and like everything's fucked up and all that. Um, but it almost seems like this is another episode. Like I almost was like, oh, we're going to keep going and and, like Mm -hmm. do this whole thing. Like it seems like a long episode and I don't know, I don't know how long the show, the episode was. Like an hour. What? Like it was a, it was a straight up hour. Like it wasn't like a 43 minute episode. It was an hour. An hour if it had commercials, like. Normally episodes are still only like forty episodes, but it was it was a straight up hour of content, um, and so that's why I thought it was it was unexpected for me to see this this whole chapter. It's there's twenty minutes left, like from where they enter the town, there's twenty minutes left, mm-hmm. and it feels like there's still so much to be watched. I mean, like, that's a whole episode. Yeah, but I'm saying like 20 minutes, like everything that happened happened mm-hmm. within 20 minutes. I felt like there was, I felt like we watched like an hour and a half of stuff, maybe because it was just so much to take in. It was a lot to take in, um, but I think it's a good thing because we got a lot of it in the first episode. 
and it's done. You know, a good trend from from Titans was the music supervision mm-hmm. where they included licensed songs and all that. And I think this is, I don't know if it has the same music supervisor, so we're going to have to check. Mm-hmm. But so far, the music is on point. And here's the thing I wanted to do. So you and I, we listened to this um, this Doom Patrol playlist yeah. that someone created on uh, Spotify. I don't know if we could drop that. but um, we can. We're, our episodes come out on Spotify. Oh, yeah. You can listen to our show on Spotify. Yeah. Please do. Um, and so someone created this Doom Patrol playlist on Spotify. I think it's fantastic. Um, but uh, there's a lot of songs that we feel like are perfect for the show. And one of them, excuse me, is actually in this episode. And uh, let me see if I can find it. It is People Are Strange by The Doors. You know that band, Nate? <laughs> yeah, I know that band. Um, and so, this, like, we got one. And I'm gonna, I want to keep this trend going. I want to see how many songs they can put in the show that we can go, hey, wait a minute, this is actually in the playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, we use a lot of those songs for our little intros and outros that we do. Um, and yeah, so far the music, uh, the licensed music that we hear in Titans is phenomenal. And I think that trend is going to stay alive in Doom Patrol. And so I kind of want to keep that going, but I also want to keep this counter. Bless you, Zeus. I kind of want to keep this trend of seeing if more of those songs from the playlist is going to end up in the actual episode. Um, but yeah, um, oh, I was going to ask you about this earlier. Um, what did you think about Negative Man's negative energy, the depiction of it? I want to see more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm. I guess I'm too used to the 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 image of just Neg- the, the silhouette with the, like a yeah. little beam around him. Actual negative space. Yeah, the negative energy. Yeah, the negative space of it. Um, maybe it'll change. Yeah. Uh, but right now it it just looks like a circulatory system. It looks like lightning the circulatory system it's electrons everything firing the nervous system oh yeah i guess the ner- no the nervous system are like strands circular system have you seen that photo going around the internet yeah that i saw that photo going around freaky. the internet i've also seen watchmen oh yeah they do it in watchmen too mm-hmm um, but whatever, yeah, the, the electricity effect that they have for negative men, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm, no. I'm, there's nothing about this episode that I didn't like. It's probably objective because I love this story so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see more, you know? Yeah. It is. A, it they is... surprised me with taking out the, the mouth on negative men. Maybe they'll surprise me with, uh, making them a crazy big entity. Yeah, and there probably is more to see mm-hmm. for Negative Man, to be sure. I wonder if they ever will touch on the Rebus thing. I wonder if they ever will be like, hey, let's have a bit where maybe just for... No, I don't think so. I think it's because it's really Larry Trainer centered You don't think at one point they might go, well, let's, let's at least give a moment where he becomes a Rebus as like an all-knowing person just for... Um, like that's his ultimate... No, 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 no. More like, um, 
Like that's the only way they're going to solve the arc is is Larry Trainer going through this whole Rebus thing, almost like a Doctor Fate bit where they where they go, you're going to become all knowing and powerful, and for like a couple episodes just so we can play with the story a bit, and then we'll take it away and then yeah. and then say like that we at least did the Rebus part. Like I wonder if they do that because what's interesting is that in Grant Morrison's Rebus Larry Trainer Negative Man thing negative person um like everything was geometric and stuff like that like there was like a a lot of alchemist type things with like triangles squares Mm -hmm. circles and larry trainer in this one is like uh he's like a horticulturist he's like gardens and stuff like that so it's very romantic yeah opposed to the rebus grant morrison negative person who was like meditation yeah and, like, and I, I know uh, enlightened yeah i know all the answers and yeah and one and one equals two like very mathematical what would, can you check the math on that one one plus one ti 89 two yes math checks out got it yeah got it um and so yeah yeah he is a very much more romanticized person um so it would be interesting i, I feel like I wouldn't be mad if they at least do the little Rebus thing for a couple episodes. Um, I don't think there's anything that they could do that I would be like, oh, they shouldn't have done that. There's no, there hasn't been a Doom Patrol story where I was like, wasn't for me. There's been stories where I've had to reread. Where I've been like, okay, hang on. I didn't, Yo. I, <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I think they do that. They do it on purpose. And it took me a while to understand that they were doing it that Grant Morrison was doing it on purpose for the second volume of uh, Doom Patrol where they they have this war. There's this war between these two interdimensional alien societies. Something about the, the, the egg of the pupas or something. It was wild stuff. It was so batshit crazy um and that's when they introduced the other character ray jones um Mm -hmm. she comes back um and it was one of those things where it just issues after issues it was just getting more and more like i don't understand what is happening and it's not until like the last few episodes like the last couple issues where robot man is like yo i don't understand what the heck you guys are talking about and then the solution is that you destroy all that nonsense. Like, Ray Jones was just like, so I solved the issue. You guys didn't have any idea what you guys were doing in the first place, so I just destroyed that. And it was like, oh, they were just bullshitting the mm-hmm. whole time. And so it was, one, like, it was one of those things where I was like, that was the point. Like, Grant Morrison was just making shit so fucking confusing and like so cryptic, like every single thing that they said was cryptic because they themselves were just trying to be cryptic and like just fuel this war. And it was batshit crazy. And now I understand it. So it is one of the things where it's like you kind of need to, like, I guess because it's art, you just have to study it over and over again mm-hmm. until you understand it. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping that they bring more artistic things mm-hmm. into this show. Um, the Brotherhood of Dada is one of my favorite Doom Patrol things. Yes. I really hope that they do more. 
Mm-hmm. Go to a museum, museum, jump in a couple paintings. The scissor like, men. That go is, to Paris. Yeah. yeah. Like, do all the these painting, things. The painting. Uh-huh. Like, where the Justice League come in and they see this never-ending painting and Superman's yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> Superman, oh, wait, they're inside there? Out of my league. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Um, and Paris was stolen and inside the painting, it, the, all of Paris was inside. Everything. All yeah. that. I want more art aspect <sighs> into this. Yeah. Just introducing the scissor men is one of those things where it's like, nothing makes sense anymore. And Even they, concepts of like character molds, like make them how, you know, like how artists would do that, how, how they would illustrate that, like the scissor men and mm-hmm. like, um, the brotherhood of Dada. Where yeah, I, I remember like, cause um, I was reading it before bed, so I'd be in bed, and Johnny's like watching anime or something, and like she's doing that thing, and then I'm like, like over here, like rocking, like my mind is being blown, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "They're inside these paintings. There's art in the comic book. Like there's like they're they're going through like different eras of art where like." They're chasing Mr. Nobody, and then they're in the Dadaism, and then they're in the Cubism, and then they're like in the Surrealism realm, and then all of a sudden the Fifth Horseman, mm. not the like, like there's the Four Horsemen, but now there's a fifth one, and it's a giant unicorn, and like, and it, it, was, just, it was just one of those things where I was like, it's like Inception, but with different works, different like genres of art, yeah, and I was just like. It is blowing my mind right now that they can do this and go down this painting, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, well now we got to get out of the painting and bring Paris back to Earth." And it was like, Grant Morrison is just—it's like regurgitating acid trips into a book, <laughs> and it was like, "I'm so here for it." <laughs> it's just fantastic. So yeah, it, it's like—I don't know if they can do wrong. I guess they could not get weird enough and i guess if they if they at some points don't like execute mm-hmm. maybe that could be an issue i don't know um but i mean there's just so much content to pull from it it's it's exciting to see what they can do um and so like yeah it's just, i don't know if there's you know it's it's like i'm thinking like the gene bomb keeps coming back to me as kind of like well to do that they'd have to like end the show like that have oh, to... i wouldn't even think about like don't even think about that part. yeah right? like the gene bomb would have to be like <laughs> it's different the gene bomb is is a the is gene a, bomb is a plot device i'm sure like maybe jeff johns wrote the gene bomb episode and like put it in a safe somewhere and yeah. it was just like if we ever get canceled mm-hmm. break the glass and pull the gene bomb script out so yeah. they can be like all right, now we have to do the gene bomb bit. <laughs> and so that's, to me, that's the one thing that it's like, they can't do that yet. Unless they want to do something weird where it's like season one finale, they do the gene bomb. So that season two, they bring in like the Gerard Way like intro where it's like, here's Casey, but where's Robot Man? Well, he's some how inside a euro yeah (laughs) (laughs) like one of those things like where did how did we get there and how did um i think they're gonna try to keep it more grounded for right now where it's just this random group of people Mm -hmm. weirdos that live in this house and do a wacky and then trying to protect this town yeah um because then we'd have to go well how did crazy jane end up leading a cult yeah one of those all those other things yeah 
Um, we have one more uh, good solid moment between Crazy Jane and and Robot Man, which is which is great because it it leads into some more. Now it's called her questioning, but this is when um, I, I guess this is still Hammerhead, or is it just K Chalice? But they're smoking a joint kind of together, and I, I thought it was one of the funniest things. Well, um, yeah, I mean they don't reference K Chalice at all, but it's just they Crazy don't. Jane. They so really I'm, don't. I'm thinking that her normal is just crazy Jane. Like I, I, th- I think the meta behind the character is to realize that she has multiple personalities and the main one is just to call her by the general umbrella, crazy Jane. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I th- maybe it would be confusing. I think they, they can't just name drop K chalice without talking about her whole origin, which they're not going to talk about until they're ready. So it's like, don't even bring up that name. Cause then mm-hmm. you're going to like, on top of all the other sixty-four personalities we got to talk about, um, we can't we can't do that right now. Like, like we we're already throwing names left and right. Like, we can't. Um, yeah, we can't do that. Um, so, hopefully, when we talk about the underground and we talk about things like that, then they bring up like, oh yeah, her real name's Kate Chalice and whatever. But um, I thought it was one of those great things where Cliff Steele he saw that. That joint is like, yo, I would fuck that up mm-hmm. if I was human. And man, there is not, I don't think there's anything Brendan Fraser can do wrong. I think. Yeah. You're in that. I'm, I love that guy. Yeah. Man. I don't think there was some, some internet hate a few years back for Brendan Fraser. I think they gave him a lot of shit for his weight and stuff, but it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Man. For real. You guys are all overweight. Um, Yeah. I think, like I said, he, his comedy delivers every line. It's dry enough that it's it's. I'm I'm glad that I'm watching Brendan Fraser. I love his the wardrobe for all of them is on point. I think we talked about Larry Trainer's jacket. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I'm always a fan of of the negative, especially when they give him a bomber jacket and anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerard Way kind of splits the middle. Where, well, no, this one kind of splits the middle. They give him a trench coat, which is what Rebus mm-hmm. was wearing. And Gerard Way gave him, like, the fuzzy hood um, jacket, which is cool because they give him, like, the bomber-style jacket in this. Yeah, but it's like a ch- long coat. It's a long coat. And, no, I think he has a turtleneck on. I've, I feel like a lot of the um, the promos have him in the jumpsuit, like the flight suit. Yeah, he did have a, a, did he have a, I think he had the jumpsuit in the Titans one, too. Yeah, he had the jumpsuit in the Titans because his, like, boots were tucked down. I remember looking at his boots and being like, oh, wow. Yeah, and I've noticed that Rita Farr has different wardrobes. Like, she can change her clothing. Crazy Jane usually stays in the same outfit, although when she changes into different metaphors, they, like, they have different uh, wardrobes and stuff. And so we talked about Hammerhead having a chest tattoo, and she doesn't have one in this shot. So I th- Oh, does she not? No. Johnny brought up the fact that maybe she has tattoos when she turns into Hammerhead, and... I think it's right because she doesn't have it there. But I didn't, even, I didn't see it. Hammerhead we had like a, she had like like a whole like eagle thing on her chest up here, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome! That's badass!" Um, but they didn't have to give Robot Man the shoulder pads, the armored shoulder pads. But oh, I think I, they had to. No, I think it's fantastic. I'm talking. I guess I'm talking in universe. They didn't have to do that, but I, it's like that. I want that jacket. I think it's a fucking beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they, he's got it in. He's got it in uh, Grant Morrison's towards the end of Volume One, and then Gerard Way brings it back. Um, 
Oh, and he has that uh, the Hello World shirt. Yeah, which is a thing from Gerard's uh, book about him, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, the Hello World is like mm-hmm. a it's like a default script for programming, and it's like it's like a default placeholder. What do you mean? Explain that. So, so he's a robot, let, a robot, if you will. Yeah. So let's say I'm programming something or like I'm building a website or something and I need to just test like a simple script that, that generates some text. I will usually do uh, like say hello world, right? And so it's it's like very basic. Like a little window pops up. It says hello world. Yeah. It's like, an, it's like I need to test an alert and it says. It'll like just, you're bringing something to life. Yeah. Frankenstein, if you will. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? And so... Is that a basic for programmers? They usually just go to the Hello World thing? Yeah, if you pick up any, like, programming book, like, one it of the first Hello things... World. Yeah, and it's, like, it wants you to generate, like, a script or, like, a message. Like, the message is usually basically Hello World. Mm-hmm. And so it's what's funny about it is it, it does work in that kind of metaphor, in that kind of uh, context. Um but what's funny for the people who actually make the comic books and stuff, like, let's say they just need Robot Man's shirt to say something. The basic script is going to be Hello World. And so they're just like, okay, we'll just go with that. And it says Hello World. It's such a, like, it works because it's simple, it's easy, and it works because that's programming and, and design, basic design. I don't know how to describe it, but it's, to me... It seems like a a, sh- a stroke of simplistic genius that they were just like, yeah, sure, I'll just say hello world. Like it'll just have the basic script that any any design or programmer would would make it say. So I'm like I'm glad you caught that because like once you told me, I was like, oh, that's like what you learn when in the basic in the basics of programming. It's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to draw other lines to to that line. There's a Bayside song called "Hello Shitty." It's not really have to do with computers, um, but it's also like sh- shitty but world, shitty a, life, shitty world. But the "Hello World" that's only from um, Jarred Way mm-hmm. T-shirt. Yeah. There's other. I think there's like some variant covers where he has a shirt that says uh, "Heavy Metal." On it, um, mm-hmm. I think on the main cover there was his shirt said um, "delicate parts" or "delicate things" is what it is. Um, is he's it's cool because he's got like the little subtle messages on his shirt. Um, I like that they put him in like you know I I like that they dress Robot Man. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. The jacket one is cool, and the little graphic T-shirts that they give him. Um, add to his personality. Niles does say, like, we gave you some clothes that could, you know, fit like fit your fit you. And uh, uh, Cliff gives the whole like sure kind of thing. It's like it it doesn't matter. He's a robot guy. He did it. It, yeah, he can't, it doesn't it clothes. doesn't matter. He doesn't wear clothes in the beginning of Grant Morrison's thing, um, and he doesn't wear clothes in um, Arnold Blake's. It's just a robot man. Yeah, and it, like. He looks so good in it. Like it, like I like the wardrobe. I liked it in Gerard Way, and mm-hmm. I like it here. And I'm, I'm glad that they brought it here because um, it, it's just all on point. And I think 
again, what people like in this show more than what they like in Titans is that there was a lot of things that 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 they had to do to make Titans relatable to the real world, kind of like what Man of Steel did and Suicide Squad and and like those those movies when they were like, okay, we'll take what the comic books and we'll bring them into what real the real world looks like, and there's still that same backlash with Titans when they did the same thing for those characters. But with these characters, it just somehow all works. Like the fact that they're in the real real world and they're wearing clothes and their wardrobes like, and like, I don't know why it works so well, but it like it does. And, and mm-hmm. there's no real backlash over wardrobe, the characters, like how they no. are depicted. Like it's there's also a beastie boys album called hello nasty. I just wanted to throw that in there. Hello nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're on to something. Um, there's this, there's um there's two big action bits. There's two big action bits that which are kind of going to be like the last talking points for us on this on today's episode. But this is the bigger one. Uh, this is where Rita Farr loses control of herself and she turns into like this massive blob thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, it it just seems like a giant blob of of CGI goop. But then the, as it gets into like these close ups and you actually start to see more of the flesh, um, it's just like a giant thing of veins and mm-hmm. and skin folding over itself like when they do the close-up shots i was really like this is pretty great work i think in general um especially with um the larry trainer flashback the cgi is honestly it's a little impressive i think I, it is as well i was i think when i was watching the larry trainer uh flashback I thought the cinematography was too good to be a TV show. I thought the CGI of the plane, like in the in the in the rocket plane mm-hmm. as it was coming down, I was like, I was like impressed, impressed with the CGI that they did for it spinning out of control. And I was like, this looks really really good. Um, it's like. I almost thought like this could have been a movie if they wanted it to be a movie. It, it's very, and I don't know if it's subjective, but it's very. Um, I get a Larry Fong feel. Yeah, and there it, were I mean, some, we said that in Titans as well. There was uh, some shots uh, throughout this episode. I think when when Larry Trainer meets Robot Man and they stand outside, and he like Larry Trainer wheels him out to the front of the house, and they have like there's this massive wide shot of the front yard, and I was like. This is serene. This is mm-hmm. beautiful. And I was really impressed. I was really impressed that they were able to capture such great cinematic um, shots. Um, it's just impressive. They could have made it a movie if they wanted to. I don't know what the budget was. I didn't expect the budget to be high. They're a whole hell of a lot better looking than the CW stuff. I'll tell you that oh much. Oh, my God. So much. It's such high quality. It's a, it's. It didn't have to be. Again, like the show didn't have to exist. It didn't have to be good, but here we are, and I, we can only be thankful. This um, this big action piece that happens in this episode with Rita Farr, I'm going to be honest, I think it might be intentionally movie set-ish. Yeah? Did you ever get that feeling? It was kind of like movie set-ish? Like, it was kind of like, like... Battle of Kansas? You get the one street, blow things up? Yeah, there were a lot of things yeah. that were like, and there was one car on fire, fire hydrant, yeah, pop now yeah. car, and and like 
the more I was thinking, I was like, something seems staged. Something seems like, like, um, like it's all according to plan or something. I don't know. It was, it was weird. And the more I was watching it, it was, I think it was supposed to give off like, um, an action comics thing. Like, I think that's what it was supposed to be. Like, did you ever get that feeling? Like it was supposed to be like an action comics kind of thing. Like action comics, like Superman action comics, like Superman action comics. Yeah, I feel I get a scene. and it's weird because I didn't I didn't go directly to literature. I went to movie and I felt very Man of Steel ish. Really? Yeah. Um, but not as not as not not big production. I think it was mainly because like the the shot of just the one street is familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Battle of Kansas, Man of Steel. Uh, it still looks like an old Western town. Not Western. What is the word? Mid- Midwestern, I guess, is the word. Um, Retro? Um, deco? Yeah, Midwestern. Yeah. I don't know if you can... I don't know if Art Deco is Midwestern aesthetic. No, 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 no. But it looks like a fallout town. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, every, it still has... Yeah, it, it, it has a... Like, this the whole, whole thing does have nuclear Nuclear aspect. vibes. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how it all looks. Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, that novelty shop. Mm-hmm. They had the diner. Like, there was... Which is, which is good, because that's probably Arnold Blake influence. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole action piece, to me, like... Oh, I get what you're saying. You this is daytime fight scene. This is Arnold Blake. Execute Plan B, Doom Patrol. Yes. That thing. Like, that's, it seems so intentionally... And I don't want to use the word campy, because I don't think it's supposed to be campy, but it's supposed to be, like, golden agey. Like that's that's what I'm trying to yeah. get at. It's like when I was watching it, I was like, "This looks mm-hmm. like a complete golden age, like like um, action piece." And I think, if, and I think if you don't think of it like that, if you're trying to think of like just like superhero action bits where mm-hmm. like a team is forced to do something right, I think it's easy to criticize it and go like, like. Oh, Action was meh, but the beginning of the show was great, and I think it's like it's supposed to be golden agey, cheesy. Yeah, because you have this nuclear it's the, town. It's, it's literally the blob coming and attacking the town, which is a uh, you know it's the blob, when, when did that movie come out? The same time, nineteen fifties yeah. or something. Yeah, the blob comes out, and it's like this blob on the street. You have fire hydrants and cars on fire, and like. Like, this fire hydrant right here, like, literally, like, almost like a director was said, and action, and, the and like, the pipe burst, and, like... Like, and, a, like a backlot tour of a like Disney... Like a backlot tour. Disney, like uh, and attraction. It, it happened, and like, for everything else that was so beautiful in the beginning of the show, to, it, to get that kind of campy, mm-hmm. like... To me, it's like it's intentionally supposed to look like a movie set. Well, yeah, I think so. Because then you follow it up with the other action piece where it's, you know, the next Doom Patrol series yeah. fight style. Where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. The way it does happen in... This is this this daytime fight, this thing. As Arnold, Arnold Blake. Because the problem happens, she's terrorizing the town yes. for a few minutes and then solved. Yes. Wipe your hands, you go back home, 
And you know they how they saved. solve it? Yeah, they, they solve it in the most cartoonish thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna lift part of the street. Yeah, like I was almost Superman. Ex- I was almost expecting the the pavement to like curve up into like a wave. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, like a wham, like he's gonna bend it like a like you're bending metal, but it doesn't. It, it gets to be like a ramp, which is good. But it's also I don't know how they how do they stop the blob in the movie? Oh, how do they stop? I've never it? seen it. Oh, they know. freeze it. They freeze it. They Have freeze you seen it the blob. They... Dude, that movie to this day is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, dude. Not it kills a kid in the movie. Not the thing? It kills Did you a watch mother. the blob because of the thing? John Carpenter? No, no. no. Wait, he did the blob? No. Did he do the 70s one? I did have you do no the remake? I, I have no the idea. The remake scares me. I've never seen the remake. You never, the, the, No, the 70s horror movies I saw was a lot of um, Nightmare <sighs> on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. It was a lot of Friday the, the 13th. 70s blob movie? Mm-hmm. Is the scariest horror film I have ever seen. Really? To date, because innocent people die in that movie, and that has always bothered me in movies. (laughs) When innocent people die, especially innocent women, die in gruesome ways, I hate that movie. That's why I don't watch Final Destination movies. Yeah. But, yeah, like, a mother is trying to call for help in a phone booth, and it's just like, I'm going to cover the whole phone booth, and then, and then it's like, boy and then a boy dies a boy falls into it and he gets decomposed it's fucking fucked up my guy i fucking hate that shit. so they didn't stop it by making a ramp nope they freeze it all right cool so this is real campy it is super campy and and i'm glad i finally aired it out because that's exactly how i felt but then compare it to the end scene where it's like that that. fight scene no that's grant morrison batshit crazy wild stuff a fucking donkey farted out a quote what is it what is the quote um the mind is not the, the limit the mind is not the limit yeah yeah which i don't think that was referenced in this book at least i couldn't find it i don't think the mind the mind is the limit was ever i don't know where that comes from because i don't th- i don't remember Maybe that it's a quote. brain thing I, well i think it like that's a innovative thing that they did for the show but um mm-hmm. Maybe Mr. Nobody said it somewhere. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, the action of what happens at the end and all the action that's happened in the beginning of this episode, it doesn't play like this one does. And so that's why I was thinking, and now I think we can agree now that this is a total, this was like, okay, here's your Arnold Blake moment. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's that whole Grant Morrison bit where Rita Farr is now a, a she is the problem. She is the blob, basically. Um, and so, yeah, it's just good on them if that's intentional, because that's, to me, that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's going to end with like this crazy. Uh, well, hang on. So first off, they they go out into the town mm-hmm. while Niles is is gone, and mm-hmm. he comes back, and they're in trouble because somehow you know that attention was brought to them now the word is out that you know more freaks exist but again living in a world that metahumans fly around every single day it's not that big of news but apparently it's big enough news for somebody or nobody if you will um and then they end up uh niles comes back and he is kind of saying we just got to pack up and leave we just got to skip town start a new life yada yada robot man is not about that because he is still you know, he's going back to his mantra of I can be better, which he is. And he thinks that abandoning the town and all the innocent people is bad and it's wrong. So he decides to stay, whereas everybody's just like, 
fuck it. I don't care about this town. My life sucks anyway. Let's just leave. I'm wondering if... Yeah, and and I guess their their introduction to the world is now what's going to, like, all the enemies are going to show up. The brain, Mr. Nobody, the Scissorman, all the things that we talked about. Like, it's because of that, that's how they're all going to start showing up. I thought in the beginning when he was like, their people are going to start showing up. I thought that's when Cyborg was going to show up and be like, hey, so we saw you on the news. Cats just, out of the bag. And so Superman sent me to come, like set you guys straight now because either you're an asset of the justice league now, or we're shutting you down kind of thing. Um, and so that's what I thought it was going to end up as, but no, it ends up with Mr. Nobody like now already somehow like interacting with the, with the, with the doom patrol. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, they, they ended by opening like this, this portal. And so, um, it's like a, so they, 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 they get to the robot man goes out into the town square. Cause obviously, you know, the fighting's going to happen right then and there. I didn't, uh, it's a little weird for me. Um, but he goes into the town square and everybody, they turn, Jane turns the bus around and decides to join robot man's cause. And they walk down main street and run into a donkey who we saw in the beginning, which is some weird omen. Um, Donkey's white, Mark. Yeah. And it's not a horse. Not a uh, It's horse. a weird... Are you reading this description I have? I'm not reading the description, but I'm trying to draw the line between pale horse and a white donkey. It's just a, a very bad discount version, and that's the metaphor for the Doom Patrol. Yeah? They don't get a pale horse. They can only get... They get the, a white donkey. They get the albino donkey, as it's yeah, referred to. That's pretty good. Uh, oh, they they make a mention in the in the thing about here, the albino donkey. As we end today's episode and we start to look forward to next week's episode, um, the next episode is called Donkey Patrol instead of Doom Patrol. And here is the synopsis: Following Mister Nobody's capture of the chief, the Doom Patrol investigate the mysterious albino donkey and discover that it is a door to another universe where Ooh. Mr. Nobody is in control. Yes, please. <laughs> a albino donkey is a doorway to a different universe. That Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Let's get weird. Um, first episode, there was a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff in this episode. Uh, it's It's fantastic. I, I think I need to rewatch it. Maybe yeah, one I'm more. gonna rewatch it. I'm gonna reread some 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 more books. I want to see uh, see if there's anything that we missed. There's probably some small. Oh Easter yeah, I'm eggs. sure there's things we missed. If you guys were listening along and, and caught some things that we didn't uh, mention, feel free to chat it up in our Facebook group or on Twitter or wherever you're seeing post about it. Um, call it out for us. Have a discussion. Let's talk about it. If you love Doom Patrol as much as we do. Uh, let's 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 discuss. Let's air it out. If there's things uh, you didn't like, tell us so we can. If there's questions you have, yeah. <laughs> you didn't understand something because there's a lot to not understand. Um, you can find us on all social media, social media at Radio Doom Patrol. Uh, the Facebook group is right attached to it. It's called the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can find us there and talk to us about the episode. Recap with us. Um, if you want to hear any more stuff from us, you have any questions, let us know. Um, but also, uh, definitely, uh, try to subscribe, 
Uh, we're going to be posting episodes for every single episode that comes out, and we're trying to do it the day after. So we're watching the episodes on Fridays, so the episodes come out on Saturdays for you guys to listen to. Um, but yeah, definitely check out all the comic books that are on DC Universe. You can watch those, uh, read those as well. Um, try to leave us a five-star review if you loved everything you heard so that more people can find us and tell us what we're doing great, what we're not doing great. Just let us know. Um, we also have a donate. You can find it on our website at twooldmedia.com. Um, it's a great way to help support us so that we can keep giving you guys bigger and better content. And if you guys want merchandise, we also have that. Just follow the link at toolmedia.com. You can see our merch store. You can see all the shirts and stickers that we sell for Doom Patrol and DC Cinematic Minute. And we'll catch you guys next time. A perilous adventure by all definitions, but our heroes will see another day. As the saying goes, we'll meet again back here on Doom Patrol Radio.